the just because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. For me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. You don't need a reason when the one and only hot and melty sausage McMuffin with egg is just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
Well, you're listening to Big Blend Radio with Nancy and Lisa, and I was going to say, of Big Blend Radio, and you just heard rock drummer Chris Hornbrook on the track My Fear of an Unlived Life off of the Census Fail album Pull the Thorns from Your Heart. It was released on 2015, and we're thrilled to have Chris join us on the show today. I know he's been touring around. Uh, keep up with him on his website, chrishornbrook.com. Chris, welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Thanks for having me. Hey, Good, good to hear your voice. Where where are you? <laughs> That's the first thing I should. Do. I uh, I'm on I'm on a, a day off in Redding, California. We've been we've been out for a little over a month now, and we have like two two or three shows left. And we're all really wow. tired. It's kind of it's kind of yeah. reached that point where uh, you cross a certain cross a certain threshold where you just are perpetually tired. Doesn't matter how much you sleep, you're just always tired. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, wow. So what happens when you get home? Do you just like totally veg out for like a week or something? Yeah, it takes me about two weeks to get back to the swing of things. You know, I'll go home, do laundry, take all my gear to my studio, reset it up, uh, you know, go out and do groceries. Just acclimation usually takes about two weeks. Uh, but yeah, it's it's cool. It's, I'm always really excited when I get back and just, you know, be able to sleep in my own bed and be able to see my friends and go to my normal restaurants I go to and go to the beach and, you know, just readjust. It's, uh, it's really, really nice. I know you've been, you've been playing for over 20 years now and I know you started, you started really young. It started touring. Like, so you've been, you've been, you're a road warrior. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I really like the duality of it. I mean, you know, going on tour, you know, going to different countries or touring the U S or wherever. And then, coming home and then having a little time off and then, you know, doing whatever, you know, work stuff I kind of have lined up there. Um, just mm-hmm. something really excited, exciting about traveling that, uh, that I've always just found really, really enticing. Um, you know, you, you leave where you're at and you can go see other parts of the country or other, other parts of the world. And, uh, you know, it's not all the places that I'm go, I go with bands are all, you know, first world or all, uh, westernized. So you get a bit of the culture, but it's also you know, heavily influenced by America. So, mm-hmm. you know, you get a bit of it, but not as much as if you were to go to like Mongolia or, you know, some parts of Russia that maybe aren't necessarily, uh, you know, westernized. Yeah. You know, we understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nancy and I, we've been traveling. I've been traveling since I was born. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, we've lived in different yeah. countries in Africa, England, Mexico, you know. That's and right. um yeah, and then we've just now finished being on the road for three years permanently, and we just came back home to Tucson because what we do, all our publishing and radio, we really just need good mm-hmm. internet. And we've been on this tour going to national parks and um, in, in this country, and um, it, and there's no internet in a lot of places we go. But we oh yeah, and we we understand, and we just we got like tired of. Go the back and forth of going on a big trip, coming back, and that acclimation. But now we're back in that because it's just the way life is. But being on the yeah. road full time, I will tell you, I don't know. I'm I'm not as young as I was, like when we did this in South Africa. <laughs> There's it's tiring, and and it is it is you know people it's think work. it's awesome. It is like the best experience ever, but there is it's brutal because you're it's not like a vacation. You're working, you know, when you're traveling, and, and same as you. You're working. Exactly. So, yeah, that balance is so different. What it, I wanted to ask you is You have very to really love doing it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, it, being a drummer is part of your, you know, attraction to it. Is it the travel? 
Uh, excuse me, can you repeat, repeat that? I was going to say, part of your, being a drummer, part of your attraction to being a drummer, is, is it the travel part of it? Or, like, if you never got to oh, travel and yeah. you had to go to the same studio, would you still be a drummer? Yeah, I totally would. Uh, but travel's a really, really big part of it. Um, I used to travel more abroad when I was younger. Uh, and then when I started mm. working with Census Fail, uh, they mainly they mainly tour the U.S. That's their that's their prime market. I mean, every once in a while we'll we'll go somewhere, you know, go to Mexico or mm-hmm. go to the Philippines or wherever, you know. But for the most mm-hmm. part, it's concentrated in the U.S. Um, but no, I love traveling. I mean, even if I was home and doing you know more localized drumming stuff, I would still obviously I would still drum because I, I I you know it's what I've been doing since I was twelve, so I, I love it. But uh, mm-hmm. the attraction of traveling for sure. Uh, I completely, mm-hmm. that's, that's a big, that's a, it's very enticing for me. And then being a drummer that we were talking about this earlier. I mean, we, we were in a band many years ago and, and you know, it's like, I'm, I'm a singer and, and songwriter and everything. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, Nancy does keyboards and yet it's things that you could do on your own if you wanted to. And, and so that you didn't have to pay the rest of the band. Just kidding. Um, but <laughs> going out, I mean, what's it like as, as a drummer, because you really pretty much, you know, it, you can't go around soloing pretty much. Right. So, you know, actually, you know, making sure in the band and, and touring. And then it seems to me that you're, you go, you kind of work with more than one band at the time. Yeah, um, the, well, the fortunate thing about being a drummer is that uh, most bands need you, you know, and they don't, they don't necessarily need you when you're at home, you know, if they if they mm-hmm. kind of do everything within themselves. Some guys, you know, can play everything, but then they need a live band when they go on tour. You know, some guys program mm-hmm. stuff or, you know, whatever whatever it may be. So having a, a you know a solid drummer that's professional and you know can travel on the road and, and knows what to do and what not to do is it's been very valuable for me because, you know, I'll get mm. calls for long-term stuff, like say like sense of sale, or I'll get calls for just one-off stuff here and there. Um, mm. So th- there's always somewhat of a demand for a live guy hitting, hitting drums and cymbals, um, which in some cases is good. Some cases is it's not, you know, because sometimes you're not part of the writing process or sometimes you're not invited to the studio because they just, there's no, there's no point in having you there because like I said, to either, you know, the main guy can play drums or, the producer can program them or the producer can play drums too. So there's definitely uh, an up and downside to it. But for the most part, like I said, finding a really solid live drummer is uh, not Mm. the easiest thing to do. So I'm kind of trying to slowly carve out a a bigger niche in that. So, you know, I'm always getting calls to be able to travel and go on tour. Cool. See, there goes the travel. And that's true. I mean, so many people, it's like, oh, I can't do this because I can't travel because I have a family, et cetera, et cetera. Or some people just Mm -hmm. don't like to travel, which I don't understand. But um, being able to do that is super cool. I mean, now, what's it like with your your gear? Because, you know, I was thinking about, you know, I remember drummers. I mean, it's like you're taking the whole side of the van or, you know, it's like, especially going international, I mean, it's not like you can sneak it on, you know, carry on luggage. Do you panic when <laughs> when it has to go and someone has, has to handle your drums for you? Well, I mean, for the most part, it's safe. It's international. You know, the, the companies that I work with, the drum companies, they'll have stuff abroad. Um, oh. So, you know, you just kind of set, set up a rental. If you go to Europe, there's places in, in like Germany and, and the U.K. That, that are completely set up for that. So you don't really pay for it. You just kind of pay for the cases. Um, and then if you have stuff, certain things you usually bring with you that are very personal in terms of like, 
know, you bring your own sticks, sometimes your own pedal, your own cymbals, you know, and you could always check that stuff onto the plane, you know, as long as you can kind of keep it under 50 pounds. Um, and then internationally, I'm sorry, nationally, it's way easier. You know, you have your own stuff and, or sometimes, you know, the, the, the band will own stuff too. And it's, that's, mm-hmm. that's just easier, but yeah, the international is kind of what always, um, is a little bit more tricky, but if you have a, you know, if you're endorsed by a good company that has stuff everywhere, then it's, it's just as simply, it's just, it's as simple as um, just informing them, and then they can kind of do an introductory email setting up time that you know you'll need the drums, and it's pretty, mm. it's pretty easy for the most part. So then, like when when you're going with different bands, do you sit down and cram their music and you know learn their entire set? I mean, because even you know when we, what we were just playing, there's like intricate dynamics to that. I mean, you can't just go, you know, all out immediately. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's like a yeah, lot yeah, of intricacy yeah. in that song. Um, and my fear of an unlived life, everyone. And, um, you know, with that, I'm going, okay, so now you're going to learn all their songs. Do you remember them all the time? I mean, what's the setup for that? If someone said, hey, you know, uh, our drummer's sick, can you come out? Uh, we fly in, you know, three days. What happens then? Uh, it depends. I mean, I like to get into long-term relationships with bands. I don't like mm. doing the one-off thing and then that being it. I like to work with bands for long periods of time because mm. then you develop a rapport with, you know, with them. Uh, you know, you develop a rapport with their management. Um, you know, same thing with material. You learn it. You learn how they like it because sometimes it changes over time or there's different setups in terms of live. You know, it might not start off or mm-hmm. end the same way or they might extend certain parts or, you know, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of how I get into it. I'm not really because of my personality and because of my, um, I have, I have, I have ADD. <laughs> so learning mm-hmm. stuff is hard. I have to cram it. So, you know, I have to play, mm-hmm. when I learn songs for this tour, like I learned 10 new songs. Uh, it's just run that I'm doing a sense of fail. And I started, you know, three, four months back as soon as we got home from the other tour. Now I did it leisurely. Of course I did it on my own schedule, but, I need to I, I need to sit with something for a while and kind of digest it. I can't. I'm not one of those guys that could just listen and absorb it right away, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, normally I try to get into long-term relationships with bands, you know, especially if it's like a, a band that's well known that does well and they compensate you well and everybody's great mm-hmm. to work with and you know uh, the amenities are nice and you know you don't want to you don't want to pass something like that up because you know, when you when you work for a band like that it's 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 nice. And it's solid and it's mm. dependable. Oh, well, you have to be. I mean, you're you're the drummer, and so like you know, you're the, you and the bass player are the foundation, yeah. right? So it's like <laughs> you, yeah. they have to be nice to you. <laughs> really not work. <laughs> so what what sure. made you become a drummer? Were you watching somebody drum or a particular song? What inspired you to take up that as a career? Uh, you know, to be honest, I don't quite remember. Uh, I started ah. playing when I was 12, and I just was really excited by it because a kid in my neighborhood mm-hmm. had a drum set. But prior to that, my dad, my dad's a bass player, so you know there was always, you know, guitars mm-hmm. or basses or acoustic guitars um, around in, in, you know, in our house. Uh, but there was never any drums. Um, mm-hmm. I just, you know, just some some things speak to you and some, some things don't. You know, I try to play guitar, I try to play bass. I mean, I could do it, but it just didn't really resonate with me. But when I started, mm-hmm. you know, messing around with the drum set that's when that kind of really it really struck a chord um mm. and i just kind of stuck with it and my parents were very supportive so cool cool complain cool so what about the education part of it all because 
they start playing and everything, do you have to check in and, and learn, you know, we're always having to learn new things because in the world of geek land and publishing things, everything changes every other day. Yeah. Do you have mm-hmm. to, like, keep up with new things um, regarding drums and drumming? Do you mean like in in an overall sense, or what do you what do you mean? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, just your I'm, does your gear change? I mean, does do you know? Do you have to like kind of keep educating yourself and keep you know? Is there more and more to learn all the time with what you're doing? Uh, yeah, I mean, I try to stay on top of it on pretty much all fronts uh, in terms of gear. You know, I like to kind of be on the up and up of cool stuff that's coming out that that I'm into sound wise. You know, because mm-hmm. companies are always releasing a lot of stuff and some of it you know, isn't really applicable to what I do or doesn't really don't like the way, you know, this cymbal sounds or that drum sounds or whatever. Um, you know, and then other stuff, you know, is it's really great and it's really innovative. And same thing too in terms of as being a as being a player, you know, I like to kinda keep myself keep my chops up and learn new things and then, you know, digest music, digest what's out there, what's popular or what's not necessarily popular but might be just beneficial for me to know. Um but yeah, I pretty much you know eat, sleep, breathe, uh, music and drumming for the most part. Do you ever teach people? I've tried. Um, I'm not that into it to be honest. I'm not that patient. Um, I, and I also too, like I don't feel like my strong suit is communicating. Okay, this is this type of beat, and you're playing eighth notes, and the accent falls. Like that's not to me. I mean, I, that's an, obviously a very integral and important part of of drumming and of music, but I feel my strengths come from perspective, how to approach mm. songs, what to put where, um, you know, mm. that sort of thing. And it's difficult because when you teach kids starting off, you have to teach them the, the very basic stuff of like, okay, this speed and you play it this way and they're learning it and it's not that good and they can't really apply it right away. So I just, I've tried, and it, I mean, it seems in theory that it would be really great to do, but I just, I've tried, and like, not to say that I won't do it again in the future, I just don't, I don't really push for it, you know what I mean? Yeah, hmm. yeah, it's, so are you, you're more into the actual composition part of it, it sounds like. I like the composition part a lot, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I do like the other dork-ish type of drum stuff, but like, you know, solos, and guys doing really crazy crazy innovative things and chops and all that stuff but at the core of me i i started playing drums and playing music because i I really like songs you know and Mm. most notably pop songs you know i like or pop structured songs um Mm. so it's really important to me to be able to approach a song and being able to play what's needed and play it right with the right dynamics um because that's ultimately that's what pays the bills and uh, yeah, it's just it's just what it what it's what resonates with me, you know. So you know what's always interesting to me is when you see two drummers go off, you know, like yeah. a band has two drummers, and I'm like, how does that work? Like no way. <laughs> like I'm blonde, I'd be like, okay, I'll clap my hands this way, and I'll be wrong. But like, seriously, have you ever played with another drummer in a band? I have. Um, there's another electronic band that I play in that uh, the, the the main guy wants two drummers but it's not like trading off much it's just doubling up it's more for like the visual aesthetic of it mm. opposed to mm. you know i play on two and they play on four you know it's not really necessarily trading more as it mm. is like doubling up and just the aesthetic of two people Powering it playing out. in unison with one another um I, I yeah i've never done i've never had to work out anything 
but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure I could, you know, I mean, if you're with another competent drummer, you, you yeah. between two people, you can, if you're both creative and you, you both can work well together, you can probably come up with some really cool stuff. So now, you know, the type of bands you're in and traveling around, right. Cause I can feel like there's so much energy and it's like build up. Right. And you could, I mm-hmm. can already see like, it's crazy out there, you know, crazy stuff's yeah. going to happen. What is the craziest mm-hmm. thing you've seen recently? <laughs> Recently, what's the great? I mean, on this tour, things have been pretty mellow for the most part. All the shows have gone well. And That's because politics been good are and... taking over the stage on that. I'm crazy, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I just, to be honest, I mean, everybody that I travel with is older and married and or engaged. So there's not like a ton of craziness. I think the craziest thing that happened was our lighting guy left his lighting board in New York, and we played Boston, and he didn't realize it till the next day. So. We had to like get somebody that lived in New York to come up to Boston with the board because you know we, we have lights with us and uh, it's a pretty big part of the show. And there's a lot of them and you can't really do anything without the the lighting console. Um, mm. So that's probably the that's probably the craziest thing. Well, what about the audience? Yeah, I mean, do you see? Did, what about the audience? Don't they go crazy and do something crazy? No, I mean, not necessarily crazy. Not anything like. You know, no one's going on stage and like sacrificing animals or anything like that. But no, no kids get some. <laughs> some shows kids get into it. Some shows kids don't. It's just, it's yeah. um, you know, it's not anything out of the regular. I guess you would say. So, what band? If if someone gave you a golden ticket that you could play with anybody, whether it's a full mm-hmm. band or a specific person, who would it be, and where would it be? For a Ooh, full that's show. That's a good question. Ah, well, if I could play with any band, who would I play with? Ah, fuck, I didn't even think about this. Well, okay, so uh, let's start with where, because there's a, a lot of cool venues throughout the U.S. Yeah. It'd either be the Electric Factory in Philadelphia or the Observatory in um, in Santa Ana, California. Both those both those places are my my most two favorite venues to play. Um, hold on for a second, I got to sneeze. Oh, bless you. Excuse me, sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Put um, a beat those, to it. Those, are both, <laughs> those two are my, my most favorite venues. They're just always good shows, and there's a good vibe, and it's just it's they sound good. And they're just great, great rooms. It'd be mm. at both those places. And I don't know. I'd probably have to say either Queens of the Stone Age or Nine Inch Nails. Either one of those bands. They're, they're pretty different, um, but yeah. sort of level of uh, musicianship and perfection and just overall showmanship i guess is uh is really really impressive both those bands kind of function on a, on a very very high plateau um in the world of, cool. of rock so queens of stone age would be cool like i know that I, they must have played at pappy and harriet's Josh probably that yeah movie. i mentioned at some point they probably played at pappy and harriet's have you played at pappy and harriet's I did. Um, a band that I play cool. in, uh, this electronic band, played not the outside, but we played the inside, and it was yeah. uh, it was awesome. It was a really good show. It was really fun. It was packed. Um, you know, cool. I like it out in the I desert. So, yeah, it's a yeah, really cool spot, see. and they have a lot of great people. I think Paul McCartney played on the inside too, like a few months yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. He just said, "Okay, we're doing." He just went and did it. Yeah, did it was, it. I think, it was after that uh, festival in Coachella where Neil Young and uh, the Promise of the Real, Lucas Nelson, and all of them were playing. And 
Oh, yeah. Desert Trip. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, to, yeah, to, they were playing there, there after that. He Coachella. just went, I'm going to Pine- Peppy and Harriet's up to Pioneer Town. It's, a, it's one of the coolest venues, I think, because it's just, it, you're like out in the Old West suddenly with Joshua Trees and craziness and really good tequila. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it was awesome. I, I really liked Peppy and Harriet's. I had, a, I had a really great time there. Right, right on. So, so now you're going to get home soon. You're in Reading, so you're you're in mm-hmm. forest area, in uh, lake area. Uh, you know what? We mm-hmm. stayed at the, one of the worst hotels we've ever stayed at was in Reading. I hate to say that. It was one of the creepiest really? places what, what ever. I don't even remember, but I remember it like ants. It had ants, and and you know that all I can say is. Somebody needs to clean certain hair pieces out of bedrooms, uh, hotel rooms. I'm just saying. That that was Yikes. there was it was creepy, weird, and I remember going. This was it was what it was like out on the internet or whatever, and um, but it was one of those things, and we had to stay there, and it was fine, and nothing bad happened. You know, you just have a bottle of wine and you order pizza and you sit there and don't sit on the bed, but you do. <laughs> you know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, I know what you mean. You're just kind of like, mm, yeah, yeah, I don't like, know about this place. It yeah. is just too bad, you know. But um, but the rest of Reading is beautiful. We've also stayed at nice hotels, so I'm not trashing on Reading. But yeah. where? So what yeah, happens we, uh, like this? Oh, go ahead. Um, so I, uh, I so I come, I go home. Um, I'm home for a little bit. Um, since the spell is going to work on another record, so I'm going to kind of awesome. dig into that. And then I have another gig lined up, uh, where I have to learn material for that. I have two shows in July. Um, just probably focus on those two things because there's there there you know there's a lot of material that i have to learn between two different bands and um you know probably a random session or two or you know just kind of like decompressing but also to getting getting ready to go record and getting ready to do more shows and since the spell's probably going to go out in, in the fall time too which is quite a bit of ways away but you know it's just kind of like starting to kind of put my ducks in a row for for this year Awesome. The more immediate is just to get home and adjust, but I have, I do have stuff I have to kind of dig into, you know, mm-hmm. going into week three mm-hmm. or week four, to kind of kind of get really going with this other stuff. Awesome. So everyone, keep up with Chris at chrishornbrook.com. He's on Twitter as well, Chris underscore Hornbrook. Obviously Facebook as well. Um, so we're gonna play Carry the Weight. Do you like playing that live? Cool. Yeah, yeah it's fun. It's We've been song. playing it at our sound check every day. Uh, cool song. Right. Fun. Right on. So awesome. everybody, here it is, Carry the Weight, and uh, we've got more stuff coming up. After that, we're going to talk about meditation and yoga. See, only on the blend do we go from hard <laughs> rock to that. Uh, but very cool. <laughs> hey, let's, I wanted to ask you that before, before we play this. When you drum, I mean, you're in a zone. It's almost like being in a meditative state, isn't it, like when you're, when you're playing? Because you can't, you can't, you're the foundation. You have to be in a zone. Yeah. No, yeah, it's, it's funny. Um, I have to kind of go into this weird state of mind and, didn't really occur to me until past year or so that it was kind of like, I'm going to say meditative, but it's mm. this weird, you just kind of zone out and you're just doing it as you're, you know, you, you play these songs so many times, you know, um, you just zone out and you don't think mm. and you just kind of do it. And, you know, an hour and 20 minutes like that we're playing now feels like 15, you know, it's kind of wow. weird. You lose all concept of, of time and, and all that sort of stuff unless you know you get pulled out if you, if you mess up or if somebody messes up or if there's something then you kind of get pulled back down to reality and then you know you start going again and you kind of slowly creep back into the zone you know right on, right on. 
Hey, I, I like the zone, man. And then sometimes you can look down at yourself going, look, I'm playing the drums. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks so much for joining us, Chris. Cool. Thank you so much for having me. You take care and, and travel safe and have a good time. Uh, yeah. Everyone, uh, here it is. Carry the weight. I used to want to die, but now I believe. Not in a distant God, there's a love I've got in me. I'd rather be awake and in pain than asleep. Singing that no one can hear. Take the glory that you take. I carry the I'm still scared.